Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Book Me Up podcast. My name is Maggie, and I will be your hostess today while we venture on this amazing journey through new YA releases. You've probably already seen the title of this episode, so you know which books we'll be talking about. Uh, and without any further ado, I say we jump right into this discussion with the Harem Mafi. The first book I'm going to talk to you guys about is Witchwood, her newest middle grade effort following uh, the first part, Furthermore, which I think came out at some point in 2016. Um, now, Tahara Mafi, you've probably heard of in a YA context. Her original series, Shatter Me, which absolutely blew up on uh, BookTube, is getting a reprint very, very soon because there's a new installment coming out this March. So in a month's time, almost. Um, so you may have heard the name, you may know what she's written, but furthermore, in Witchwood remain her only middle grade efforts. Now, Witchwood um, is a very childlike middle grade book. It's very enchanting in its language, very lyrical and poetic, much like furthermore. Now, if you've seen my video for... My favorite books of 2017, which is up live on Book Me Up Scotty, my own YouTube channel, you will know that furthermore is a book that I talk about almost constantly. I absolutely adored reading that piece and the whimsical quality of that book is absolutely astonishing. And let me tell you, Witchwood has really um, gathered a lot of that essence and it's carried on being just as fantastic, just as imaginative um, and absolutely brilliant to read. As I was reading the book, I gave it 4.2 out of 5 stars. Uh, so you can tell that it was uh, a very much unnecessary, a worthy read for winter. Now, um, the plot itself. What does the plot talk about? Who does it talk about? Um, a lot of people, especially on blogs, on booktube videos, on reviews, and I was included in this. I was one of those people. And we were saying, it's a companion novel. You don't need to have read furthermore before you read Witchwood. And actually, I'm going to backtrack on that right now. You do need to have read furthermore before you embark in Witchwood. Just to make sure, I did double check on Goodreads this morning and that absolutely confirmed my suspicions. It's a sequel. It's not a companion novel. It's a full-fledged sequel. So what you would miss if you were to read Witchwood without furthermore is the whole backstory of some of the protagonists. So Alice and Oliver, who you meet in Furthermore, are protagonists in this book as well. So the entire background and build-up to their magical abilities you will have skipped if you decide to pick up Witchwood first. So if at any point you're misled by a, re by a reviewer or a review that led you to believe that you could purchase that and you did, I am so sorry, but we're gonna have to backtrack you. Now, the plot itself, um, I already mentioned, it has the exact same whimsical quality that Furthermore has. However, the setting of the story is in an adjacent kingdom, which is called Witchwood, where Laylee's family resides. Now, Laylee's mother has passed away. Laylee's father has sort of lost his mind due to the heartbreak from losing his wife, and Laylee has been left on her own managing the family business, which is washing the bodies of the dead so that they can then move to the other world, the next 
world over where spirits go to live forever. Um, it's a very gruesome work to be doing and if I had to compare furthermore in Witchwood, I would definitely say that this is a much darker narrative, a much more sinister story, and it does quite bank on the fact that it is eerie and creepy and made to have you, um, you know, on the edge of your seat with um, that feeling of being watched and um, watching something that you shouldn't be watching. Um, the plot itself, as I mentioned, follows Laylee, who um, takes care of this family business. However, at one point, sooner or later, as she is all alone in doing this, um, to be expected, she loses track of the amount of customers that she has. So there are just heaps of bodies laying around in her backyard who have not been prepped to go into the next world. So the spirits start to rebel, they start taking over Witchwood, and it's up to her to regain her power and stop them, with the help of Alice and Oliver. Um, now, I have to say, as well as being more gruesome, you can tell from the general tone of the words and the book, uh, which Tahara Mafia just is so brilliant at doing descriptive scenes and being very visual with her storytelling. But genuinely, there's one scene, I don't remember which page it's on, but it's quite towards the end of the book when the main resolution is happening that honestly, I was not expecting from a middle grade book and it kind of blew me out of the water a little bit. But you start getting really into the nitty gritty of ghosts and them inhabiting human bodies and people being left without their skin on, and just the graphic aspect of that scene truly made me think this is not a book meant for children, it's not a middle grade book. If I were a seven, eight, nine-year-old child trying to read that, it would give me nightmares for days. So I'm telling you, only 13 plus, please, because that is tr some traumatic stuff, and it's very... It's very guttural in the way that it feels so real as you're reading it. Um, another thing that you should probably know about Furthermore, and I think if I'd been t told about this before I picked up the book, it would it would have prepped me a little bit better for the experience, but a good half of the book, so the first half, the first 160-ish pages, is build-up. So nothing particularly happens. There's nothing that drives the plot tremendously or um, leads to the culmination. It's entirely build-up. And I made sure to mark exactly where the action started because even though the second part of the book was so packed with stuff and adventure and twists and turns and romance even, the first half was sort of just... Cut short, I don't know. There was something about it that I just... I still enjoyed reading it, but I wished there was more. Um, and obviously, one more thing that I should probably warn you about. It's not a trigger warning, but I feel like it's close enough. Uh, the book explores very deeply, let's say, in, in, in a lot of detail, spiders and creepy crawlies. So if you have a fear of spiders in particular, and you can't really look at spiders or think about spiders without getting goosebumps, rethink this book because so much of it is descriptiveness of spiders in relation to people's bodies. So it gives you the serious creeps. Um, 
As I mentioned, I gave this book 4.2 out of 5 stars. I originally gave Furthermore 5 out of 5. So you can see there's a little bit of difference there. And I think, first of all, it was the change of pace. So as I mentioned, half of the book was slow and half of the book was quick, which I would have preferred to just have a steady pace throughout. Uh, second of all, Furthermore was quite beautiful in its naivety. Uh, it really felt like a fairy tale that you were coming back to uh, like from your childhood, whereas Witchwood felt like a contemporary fantasy. So those are two obvious differences between the two. Um, however, I still say don't miss out on Witchwood. It's still a beautifully told tale. Um, the bad news is there's no other book scheduled in the series of Furthermore. As I mentioned, I did double check and I was hoping that the series would continue. I can tell you for sure that if it does, it is a series that I will be purchasing no matter what. It'll be an auto-buy. And I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people. However, nothing, nothing is scheduled so far. Uh, now, I think we should read some of the reviews here on Goodreads, just so you don't just get my point of view, but you get other people's point of view too. So, as we scroll down, let's have a look here. So the first review that I see is Whitney Atkinson, who gave it 3.5 stars out of 5. Uh, she says, To be honest, I don't remember much, but I know that I loved Laylee, and the writing was atmospheric and beautiful as always. But I couldn't really tell what this was trying to do. I feel like I can relate to Whitney on that one. It is beautiful, and it is atmospheric. I completely agree with those words. But... I think it was the change of pace and the change of purpose in the two separate parts of the book that make people sort of confused about what the aim of that was because there was no obvious reason for that to be done. Uh, so Whitney Atkinson, 3.5 uh, out of 5 stars there. Uh, let's see, the next one that I see is Lola Reviewer, who rated it 3.5, again, so a consistent 3.5 out of 5. Um, I have rated it a little bit higher, but maybe I'm just partial to, to Haramafi from my expectations of furthermore. Um, so she says that this was slightly more interesting than furthermore. Okay, so a little bit of an opposite opinion there. Um, I find it peculiar that it is marked as a companion to its predecessor because to me it feels like a sequel. Um, yeah, so exactly. I think a lot of people were misled by the fact that it was marketed as a companion novel. Uh, maybe that was done to increase sales or marketing. I'm not entirely sure, but it is definitely a sequel. Um, let's see. Candace Robinson gave it five out of five stars. She says, I absolutely loathe middle grade books for the most part, with the exception of a couple of books, including Furthermore. I find them not gritty enough. However, I'm fine with like children's picture books. Okay, so <laughs> like children's picture books. Um, however, the grit. We're going back to the grit. Something about Witchwood is gritty. Furthermore, is enchanting, and Witchwood is just a big contrast to that. Um, so those are the, the three reviews that really stood out to me. Um, but... If you are wondering whether to pick up Witchwood or not, um, I would say definitely give Furthermore a try first. 
Honestly, I'm very much contemplating purchasing the Shatter Me series as soon as it gets a reprint. Um, if you haven't seen any of my videos or you do not know, I do collect my books, so I like them being in hardback so that I could keep them for very, very long periods of time. The bad news with specifically the Shatter Me series, this does not, by the way, go into the Furthermore series because they have a matching illustration for the covers. But with Shatter Me specifically, uh, they seem to have had the first book with a completely different graphic uh, than any of the rest in the series, which to me is just so upsetting because I want them to look the same. So now I am going to have to wait, but I do plan on buying all of those, and that's purely due to my love for Tahara Mafi. Um, now, let's move on. Let's keep going. The next book that we are going to talk about is... Otherworld by Jason Siegel and Kirsten Miller. I only read this book very recently. It's been about three weeks maybe since I finished it and it still haunts my dreams with its amazing beauty, uh, which honestly, something that I didn't expect. Uh, the one thing that I want to mention about this is that it was written by Jason Siegel. Uh, for the majority of us who are big TV fans, Jason Siegel is a comedic actor, okay? So I, I mostly knew him from Freaks and Geeks, How I Met Your Mother, um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So he's always been known to be this um, character in TV and cinema where he's just very goofy and adorable and sweet. Um, so I never actually thought of him as a writer. I wasn't aware of the fact that he wrote books. Um, now that I have read Otherworld, I did research a little bit about his writing, and I did find out that he has a middle grade series as well called Nightmares, and it has three parts at the moment. I'm not sure if it's going to be a series and continue on, or if it's just finished with the three. Um, however, I have to tell you this, Otherworld blew any of the expectations that I had. Um, I have some history with reading entertainer books uh, before. So for example, Cara Delevingne's book, I wasn't really a fan of. Something about it I just did not click with. Uh, the new book by Neil Patrick Harris, I think it's called The Magic Misfits. I started that, I couldn't finish it, I just could not get into the story, there was not much there. So I went into this a little bit skeptical about how I'd react to reading yet another actor slash model book. And genuinely, as far as sci-fi series go, I would say this is one of my new favorite series on the market. Um, so with all this hype, what is the story actually about? Uh, the plot follows a boy called Simon, uh, and we're not really set in the future, but we're set in a now which is advanced with technology a little bit more. So for example, they have a virtual reality, which is the big, big, big part of, of the setup of the story and a big part of the mystery. So in this virtual reality, you can be anyone, you can be anything, you can go on adventures, you can gamble, you can go, you know, have fun with ladies and gentlemen, if you know what I mean. I don't even know what I mean. And you can essentially do everything that you've always wanted to try but just in a safe environment. That's the idea behind it, and that's how the VR is sold to Simon when it first comes out on the market. However, as the story progresses, we find that this virtual reality is being tested on 
patients uh, from accidents who have left them unable to live in our world anymore. So this VR is essentially trying to give them a second way to live through their brain if their body is not functional. Um, now this then turns into this massive conspiracy of kidnapping, of morals and questions and what do you do if you don't have consent and genuinely the pace was on point, the plot was interesting, the characters were different and well developed and even the VR reality was just nice in its universe building and just the entire thing was very visual and lyrical and I enjoyed every page of that book uh, to a point where I just, I wish it wouldn't have to end. Now, thankfully, a sequel is coming out. It's called Other Earth and it'll hit the markets, I think, at some point this September in 2018. So I've already pre-ordered that copy. I am going to be waiting by my door for that to arrive. Um, but for, just as an example, Simon is a very relatable person. He is born into money, but he's very much opposed to what money does to him. Um, so he does fight for the, whatever's right. He strives to do the right thing, to save his friends and not prioritize himself. Um, he makes all of these friends from different parts of the United States and he loves their diversity. He embraces their different dialects and their different ideas and their different ways to solve a mystery. Um, it's just absolutely brilliant. Now, there's one thing, if I were to be really picky on this, there's one thing that I would probably say might annoy somebody. It didn't annoy me, but there's a very simple structure that the story follows, okay? And that structure is the protagonists meet a barrier, they make a plan, they emerge victorious. And that is repeated throughout the book. So there's always barrier, victory, barrier, victory, barrier, victory, right? And so on. Um, which I like because it gives me uh, real expectations of what's going to happen the rest of the book without telling me what's going to happen the rest of the book. Um, but to somebody who doesn't enjoy the repetition of the same structure, uh, that might be slightly annoying, but I feel like the writing style definitely makes up for that with just how cinematic it is. It truly transports you and it gives you that time in this new world. So if you're looking for escapism, if you're looking for a Ready Player One or Warcross experience, this is definitely your next best read, okay? Um, now, we are about to start talking about The Cruel Prince uh, by Holly Black because I wanted to leave this for last, because I know it's what people wanted to hear about the most, so it only made sense, right? Uh, now, Holly Black doesn't need much introduction, like, whatsoever. I think most of us know Holly Black in different ways. She does have two standalone novels, The Coldest Girl in Cold Town and The Darkest Part of the Woods, or was it The Darkest Part of the Forest? It's one of those two. Uh, but also, she wrote, or co-wrote, actually, some of the most important series of my childhood, for example. So, The Spiderwick Chronicles was partially her work. Uh, the Magisterium series was also partially her work. And she's just been 
on the market for more than 15 years now, so chances are you already know her name. Now, The Crow Prince is a start of a trilogy that, or trilogy, that she's starting off on her own. And she has been dubbed the Fairy Queen for a very long time because of her influence in uh, the Chronicles of, or the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles, where you see fairies all the time. So, the fact that this new book, The Cruel Prince, was going to be centered around the fairy kingdom gave established fans something to hold on to. Like, yes, finally, Holly Black is going to have a series on her own that's going to be in the eye of the mask market media, and we're all looking forward to it. Now, the book came out, let me see. Um, the second, I think it was the second of January of this year, and it's almost as soon as it did, it caught fire on the market. It absolutely dominated everything else. And even BookTube, Book Twitter, Bookstagram, you can see people writing reviews and posting reviews every other day. And it was so consistently amazing thoughts about this book and how much you love this and how this is one of the best books of 2018 already. Just really, really large statements. Um, moreover, you know, stuff like Alcrate and Fairy Loot, both of these monthly subscription boxes had The Cruel Prince in, uh, in the month of January. So, Obviously, it went through a very, very large marketing campaign to be this popular, uh, but I feel like it wouldn't have achieved the success that it did without the writing contributing at least a little bit, okay? Um, now, the basic plot behind this uh, is centered around Jude, who is also our main character. Um, as a child, Jude is kidnapped alongside her twin sister, Taryn, and her older sister, Vivian, into a fairy kingdom. Now, they're kidnapped and then subsequently live with the father of Vivian, who is a very high-ranking fairy in the court. Uh, I think he's a war general of some sort, so he's always portrayed as this bloodthirsty, um, you know, very strategic military type of guy. Um, so they're transported into this very kingdom where they grow up. We almost immediately jump years into the future when Jude is already a teenager, so that's where the YA aspect stems from, because we do go through all of the typical teenage stuff with Jude just in this magical kingdom, as opposed to the human world. Um, <clears throat> now, almost immediately, also, uh, we are thrown into this political intrigue. Most of the plot is actually centered around the kingdom um, and the successor who is to go onto the throne. And... Jude is just captured and dragged into this eye of the storm pretty much from page 20. So very early on, she becomes a centerpiece in the fight for power, and that's essentially the biggest part of the plot. Now, June is, uh, Jude even, <laughs> Jude is a first-person narrator, so we do um, find ourselves inside of her head quite a lot of the time. And you can tell that she is a very stubborn, very intelligent, and determined young lady who is ambitious. She wants to be um, uh, a knight for the future king, and she wants to be a warrior. Um, so she, she's very determined and ambitious to achieve those things. Um, now, in the meantime, we see Taryn, who is, again, her twin sister, and they are 
just absolutely an opposite of each other. Where Jude is strong, Taryn is weak. Where Jude is intelligent, Taryn is gullible. And that juxtaposition between the two has been made into a tremendously entertaining dynamic. And it plays around with your feelings a lot, especially in situations when the two of them are made to make decisions. And I really like being emotional for them. So that's one part that really made me give it a high rating. I don't know if I mentioned, I gave it like a 4.7 out of 5 in total. Um, going on to Vivian, the older sister who is LGBTQ plus representation. Vivian is the only one of the sisters who wants to go back to the human world because she is in love with a girl from the human world, world and she wants to create a life with her there. Um, <clears throat> now, trigger warning, actually. I, I think this is something that should be mentioned pretty much in every review because it's so predominant you know, predominantly at the, at the forefront of everything in the book. Um, so trigger warning, it does have bullying. And I'm not talking like playground, push around, like face in the sand type of bullying. I am talking about physical abuse to the point where uh, Jude is near death about twice in like the span of 50 pages. And it's very hardcore. It's very intensive. It's very guttural. And... If you have sensitivity towards public humiliation, towards physical abuse, this is something that you might have a little bit of trouble getting over. It is quite in your face, and it's made to be in your face because it makes you emotional. Uh, but it's very well described, I have to say. Just by going through those scenes, I knew that I was picking a side, but I was picking a side. So it just forces you into this subjective um, idea that whatever Jude does is right because she is the abused one. She will stand up for justice. Um, from then on, there was actually only two things. This is very rare, okay? But there was only two things that I was really annoyed at. One of those things is actually related to the abuse, so I'm going to talk about it first. Um, throughout the book, it's not emphasized a great deal, um, the love interest between uh, Locke and uh, Jude. However... Uh, obviously, by the beginning of the book, we're already going into the waters of a love interest turned into a relationship, turned into a love triangle, turned into a love rectangle. It just keeps on going. But towards the end of the book, and this is maybe like 50 pages from the end, the love interest that is introduced is one of the abusers that Jude has in the beginning. And... Honestly, I I'm telling you this right out the bat. If the next book, uh, The Wicked King, uh, when that comes out next year, if Holy Black chooses to make this abuser a legitimate, romanticized love interest, I will put down that book because it's that is just something that I'm not on board of. I don't want the love blossoming from torture to be something that's glamorized or something that's thrown in young people's faces as being acceptable as long as it's rom romantic. I'm sorry. I got so excited just then. I was like, um, but I don't want that to be something that seems like it's cute just because, oh, he's, he's a fairy. So it's glamorous and amazing and fantastic. 
No, it's still abuse. It's something that stemmed from abuse. And even the hint of that happening, you can see how heated I'm getting just talking about the prospect of that even being a thing. And I will ever be on board with it. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, I just wanted to make you aware. <clears throat> um, the very last thing that sort of annoyed me about this book, but you sort of don't really realize it until you're finished with the plot. Um, there's two scenes, there's exactly two scenes, which don't fit with anything else in the progression of the narrative. There's two scenes specifically that do nothing for the character arcs, that do nothing for the progression of the political intrigue. They do nothing, they do nothing for anything. They're just there because... I feel like maybe she was trying to go for a certain word count and she was trying to find a way to make that happen. And those two scenes are left hanging. They're the only two uh, sort of loose ends that remain after the closing of the book. And I, I honestly, like I mentioned, I didn't notice them while they were happening. But after we were done, I came back to them and I was like, well, what what happened there? What's what's with this? Um, the decisions that were made in either of those scenes were just so not typical for Jude to do. They felt so out of character and so forced and I don't know. They just confused the heck out of me and I still to this day do not know their purpose. Uh, but I mean, each of them is only about a chapter so you're not really losing much content there. Um, as I mentioned, again, I rated that book 4.7 out of 5 stars, and let's see what other people have given it on Goodreads, because I have it open on a page. Actually, one of my best friends, Paula, uh, has reviewed this book in full. Uh, it was a part of my book club that I have with my two best friends uh, in the month of January. My best friend, Janine, rated it 5 out of 5, but my best friend, Paula, who also rated it 5 out of 5, actually gave it a review. So I'm going to give you a couple of sentences from that. She says, while the beginning was a tad confusing and slow at times, this book did not disappoint. I was weary of the hype and the potential tropes this could entail, but the cruel prince swept me off my feet and kept me engaged throughout. So, there you go. I feel like that's, that's absolutely spot on. Her next sentence, actually, is something that I think really, really matters. She says, the last 100 pages or so are a masterpiece, full of twists, turns, and amazing conclusions. I think this is something that I forgot to mention, but the very last, I don't know, uh, quarter of the book is just so saturated with twists and turns and manipulations and backstabbings. It's a roller coaster to read, and it honestly just fills your soul. Um, let's read some other reviews here. So Emily May rated it four out of five stars. She says, over the course of this year, I've read both books that I've liked and books I've disliked. Uh, that being said, I'm struggling to recall a book that has left me this excited about the YA series in a very long time. Um, so that's good. That means a lot of people are carrying on with the series. So if you are thinking or contemplating about buying this first book, um, this first installment, 
do so before it spirals out of control into this massive franchise of a trilogy. Um, right oh, so let's see another review here. Melanie rates it 5 out of 5 stars. She says, if you guys ever want to see what my true heart's desires are on paper, read this book. This book is a piece of heaven that was sent from above. This book is the perfection incarnate. This book is nothing short of magical. This book easily makes my top 5 books of all time. Oh, geez Louise, well that's a very high review there for Melanie, but um, I feel like it's quite fair. She has a picture here of the book and it is a signed copy, so how about that? So lucky. I wish I had my copy signed. Um, Mary Lou, yes. The Mary Lou rated it 5 out of 5 stars. She says, what is this beauty? Someone please revive me because I am dead from the awesomeness of this book. Moreover, Emma Books from YouTube uh, also rated it 5 stars and said, absolutely love this read. A wondrous fantasy novel that is easy to get invested in. So many great plot twists and high-intensity suspenseful moments. Uh, she does have a trigger warning, again, for physical abuse, sexual abuse, suicide, and murder. So, beware. Um, one last review from Kate from Paper Fury, who once again, this is just a very consistent rating. She gave it five out of five stars. She says, I can't get over how freaking bloodily fantastic this was. I was going to be chill about the whole thing, but um, LMAO, no. This book is stabby and marvelous, and I want nine more. I mean, one can only hope, you know. I think at the moment, I'll tell you when the rest of the books are scheduled to come out. Let me just have a look. So again, The Cruel Prince came out the 2nd of January. The Wicked King is scheduled for 2019, and The Queen of Nothing is scheduled for 2020. Uh, the official name of the series is The Folk of the Air, uh, but there's no specific dates yet for when stuff is going out on the market. Uh, so, Witchwood by Tahara Mafi, Otherworld by Jason Siegel, and The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Three absolutely fantastic new releases that you should definitely check out. I think Otherworld would be a good read to have if you're a fan of Ready Player One and you need another dose of VR after the release of the film this year. The Crow Prince, a fantastic holiday fantasy, very easygoing fantasy for any time of the year when you just want to relax in your couch. And Witchwood is a slight oddball that has a little bit of horror and a little bit of enchantment so whenever you're feeling like you need a fast-paced slash slow-paced adventure give that one a try um now the structure for these episodes and the, these podcasts i do plan on having one bi-weekly which means that the next one should in theory be in two weeks, in the beginning of March, I will try and sort out a schedule for them as soon as I can. And when that happens, I will let you know in the next episode on here, or you can get an alert on my YouTube channel where I will also try and post um, a program for how this is going to work slightly before it happens. Uh, so thank you so much for staying with me today and listening to me ramble about so many books. Uh, and I'll see you guys in two more weeks with another three amazing releases. From then on, have an amazing day, stay cool, and keep reading. Bye!